0: Hey guys, welcome back. Let's get into self-soothing. This is such a critical podcast because I mean we have to be honest with ourselves soothing is a hundred percent a part of life it's a part of being a child we need people around us to be able to soothe us to calm us down uh and as adults guess what we're still doing the same work we're well we should be doing the same work we should really have learned how to be able to transfer what mom and dad or whoever the adults were that were around you what they did for you Um, we should be able to then do it for ourselves but since no one really teaches us the transition between them doing it for us and then us being able to do it on our own kind of leaves us stuck so here we are as an adult not really knowing what to do in order to actually feel a little bit better in a difficult moment and soothing yourself it is there's degrees to this right so there's going to be times where you're going to be in a really severe stressful situation very extreme stuff and then there are going to be other times where maybe you're just like a little nervous a little anxious just a little sad you don't really know you know too too much of what's going on you just you don't feel a heaviness but you are definitely going through something so soothing yourself is really one of the core self-care essentials that you kind of have to learn and really have to start practicing. And I promise you, you start practicing this stuff. Obviously, start off with the little stuff and then work your way up to the bigger stuff. You will not only build trust within yourself that when you actually do start to tackle the bigger things in your life, you won't be scared to, and you will be able to actually soothe yourself versus relying on you know, external things or people in order to do the job for you since you don't really have that foundation of trust within your own self. So remember what I always say, 80/20 rule, 80% of the time you need to be able to take care of yourself in all facets facets, excuse me, <laughs> of life and 20% is other people. So your family, your friends, the therapist, coach, etc. Uh if you are not doing the 80/20 rule and maybe you're doing, you know, whatever, 20/80 then you're in trouble. So, because you're always going to have to rely on someone else to take care of you, hence codependency, hence being a people pleaser, hence honestly just attracting really crappy people into your life and having too high expectations on what they're capable of giving, since even the healthiest person can't give you what you need in every single moment because no one knows you better than you know your own self and it's not their responsibility. So, let's get into this. You know, we've all experienced times when we are stressed we're worried we're anxious you know we're scared we're nervous about a situation it could be something that happened in our past or something that we're worried about in our future so it's important to know that even as an adult and even though you are an adult right now you still need all of the things that you got in childhood whether you receive them or not and people will often ask me you know well i actually didn't receive what i needed and that's kind of the problem. it is and it isn't. It is in the sense that, okay, yes, you're not going to get like the best program, the best tape that was, you know, put into you as a child, and in, in order to learn how to feel worthy and enough, and and all of those things. If you stop for a second and really ask yourself, what do I need to feel okay? then you're going to know what's needed um chances are i think a lot of the times we just need someone to come in and let us know that everything's going to be okay that calming voice of like hey we're good like don't worry like everything's gonna be okay we're gonna get out of here soon or hey don't worry about the future we don't need to go there right now even those little phrases that you constantly say to yourself Will 100% help you because it's gonna calm down your nervous system. It's going to make the mess that's going on inside the mind, it's going to kind of clear out the clutter. And I always look at it like when my mind is going a, thi- a thousand miles an hour, one of the things that I always do. And if I have no control over it and I'm like, whoa, I'm spinning now here I literally envision a table filled with papers an office table an office desk or whatever filled with papers and I literally grab all of the papers in my mind and I just like literally fling them off the table and I'm like, all right Let's start again here with this and that's my way of going wait a minute, restart here because this is just getting too out of control. There's too much crap on my desk right now and I need to like organize. All right, what's the first thing that's coming up and just deal with that? So it is critical that you know how to do this because it is a practice and it's something that you'll do for the rest of your life. But I, I guarantee you, I promise you, quote me on it, whatever. The minute you start really doing this and getting this, you will feel a hundred times better in all facets of life. Um, this is really the same techniques that are going to help you to even motivate yourself um, and to push yourself forward to like achieve goals, get out of your comfort zone. You know, Don't feed the mind with the negative self-talk and the fear. But this is also going to kind of like soothe your heart Soothe your mind, keep yourself clear, um, and not get stuck in a certain space because that's what we don't want to do. We want to feel what we need to feel, but not get, not be stuck there. So people will tell me um, what they are worried about, and what they don't really realize is that they've actually been programmed through repetition in childhood to continue down these roads of just worrying. Quite frankly, worrying, living in negativity living in self-sabotaging behavior so they're kind of unaware that they're on this path towards not being healthy and not being happy and really not even learning how to or knowing how to fully take care of themselves so being aware that You are bringing yourself down the dark hole down the rabbit hole being aware that like, okay, here we go Um, i'm doing what i've always done that kind of starts the beginning of you being able to self-soothe and really really the difference between someone who's very um Unconscious basically, I don't want to even say unhealthy or sick or anything like that just unconscious to someone who is conscious and healthy isn't that the healthy person does not experience anything, you know, hard time, stress, fear, worry, et cetera. They 100% do, but they catch themselves right at the tip of that rabbit hole versus even letting themselves go down deep in it. And even if they do fall into the hole, because, you know, that stuff happens from time to time as well. We're not robots here. Um, but even when we are in the rabbit hole, we, we actually know how to pick ourselves back up. And it may take an hour. It may take two hours. It may take a whole day. It may take a week. Whatever it is. We know how to do this stuff. And um, it just takes... A little bit of time to really climb out of the hole because hell if you're in the hole It is going to take a day or two to kind of get out of it Or at least a hot minute for you to be able to get out of that So being aware that you're bringing yourself down the rabbit hole is probably one of the biggest things being able to soothe yourself is essential towards being healthy it is the ability to calm yourself down and to take care of yourself during those uncomfortable times. So when you're feeling anxiety, this is really, really good stuff for people that struggle with anxiety. If you're highly sensitive you're an empath and you're in situations where all of a sudden for no reason at all, you just feel yourself starting to get really, really overwhelmed obviously you're highly sensitive obviously you might be you know highly empathic and you're just feeding off energy in the room and that's kind of throwing you off right now um these are really the coping mechanisms that we need aside from just hey i'm having a bad day hey i'm going through a divorce i'm going through a terrible you know breakup and i'm in the n- knee deep in heartbreak right now and grieving and mourning this is still going to be the same stuff that's going to help you as well one of the things that i always do and you know something mothers often do to console is if you think about a mom with a baby one of the things that you always see is they're always holding the child right close to their heart they're always rubbing the child's back or head or something to kind of give them some kind of physical touch they're always telling them everything's going to be okay so they will place their hand on the back or place their hand on the child's chest And slowly move their hand around. Now this feeling of physical touch then soothes the child from what they are internally experiencing. And that's what you want to start doing. Not that you're going to start standing around in public, you know, touching, you know, your head or your whatever. But you can 100% stand, say, in line at the grocery store if you were feeling overwhelmed. Or laying in bed at night at 2 in the morning waking up with anxiety. The first thing you do is you put your hand over your heart. And you can do this. And the point is, is to feel the heart. The minute the hand goes over the heart, there's something, I don't even know how to describe it, magical that happens where all of a sudden, and you know, obviously we can't be still feeding the mind as we're doing this. We just focus on feeling the heart, feeling the the sensations of the heart, feeling the feeling of actually touching, you know, your hand to your skin and your chest in that moment the heart rate starts to kind of slow down so this is a very very nurturing technique and it caters to both that physical touch which obviously will soothe us and there's something heartfelt about it's almost like essentially you're giving yourself a a hug your heart a hug um so since you're not able to just you know stand there and start rubbing your back because that would be weird and hell if you could do that kudos to you to be able to (laughs) to reach your back you know but Just placing your hand on your heart and breathing really slowly will automatically begin to give you a sense of ease Now depending on how like how you feel and what's going on will determine how quickly the ease will wash away You know if you're knee deep in anxiety This is not going to be the only thing that you do to actually calm yourself down But it will be the first thing that needs to be done. So just like when someone hugs you and you know, one of the things that I always think of is, it, and I'm sure you guys have all experienced this when you are feeling something, you know, you're sad and you're sitting near someone, and you're maybe even crying and you're sitting near someone. The minute someone hugs you, you know, picture two people standing up and one's crying and all of a sudden your friend just like grabs you and like just like holds you and squeezes you and hugs you. That is in that moment you just burst. You that's when the real cry comes out. That's when the ugly cry starts to come out because there's a sense of relief in that feeling of physical touch that someone is giving you and and you're able in that moment to just have that meltdown. You're able because in that moment you feel a sense of protection or love or connection to someone to really experience everything that emotionally that you're feeling inside. So that's usually where the ugly cry comes in. The worst is when you're standing there and you want someone to hug you and you're like, can someone please come hug me? So you can just feel like someone's got your back and that you're not alone. Um, I'm sure we've all been there too. But you know, putting your hand on your heart, you are essentially connecting to your higher self to ease your heart and your soul. And through this process, you, know, you are easing the pain you are feeling it a hundred percent works another really great soothing thing that i do um and i i really did this when i was going through my divorce i still do it but now it's more of just like a comfort thing whereas i think during my divorce during those difficult nights um it was it was still comfort but it was it was what i really really needed i take a very small pillow on my bed we all have those decorative pillows and it essentially becomes my stuffed animal and since it would be kind of weird i guess to have you know an adult bed with a bunch of stuffed animals on it uh what you can do is just buy a bunch of decorative pillows you know really really small ones that you can hold on to and i would actually hold on to these pillows i had two pillows and the funny thing is they're on ryan's bed now and he uses them but he stole my he stole my stuffed animals even though he has his own um but i take those pillows uh and i i basically hold them So I'm holding them and that's how I actually fall asleep now, of course you can put them I used to put one on my back and then one I would hold and then I would have like a blanket near me I mean, I was like a three-year-old laying in bed and to this day I still have a blanket on my bed that I kind of like snuggle with but it just gives you a sense of ease and relaxation Um, It's something I highly highly recommend because you know some people love hugging their pillows Some people don't sleep with anything at all and that's totally fine But what you're essentially doing is you're going back to childhood to learn how to self-soothe because when you were a child growing up You laid in bed and chances are you had a stuffed animal Maybe you didn't but it does give you a sense of ease and calm and that's why most children do have stuffed animals and when we grow up we still need that comfort, and so we can still have the same experiences or use the same techniques that we did in childhood. In in your adulthood, um, it just might look a little bit different, but really, it's the same thing. The next thing I want to go over and huge, huge stuff is your mantras. I you should have a list of mantras. I probably have you know definitely a couple that I go over every day, every single day. At least one of these come comes up. One of mine is. I'm going to be okay one of mine is everything is going to work out um i'm good right now you're okay you're okay me saying you're okay constantly to myself is something that i'm always always doing you're okay we're good like don't worry about this right now like we got this or you don't need to worry about this right now and the funny thing is because i've been doing this stuff for so long when i say it my inner child actually believes it and she does calm down Whereas I remember in the beginning doing this and I was like, okay, this isn't really working. Um, it takes a while because really what you're doing is you're building trust within yourself and right now there's no trust because for so long when that part of you, whatever you want to call it, your inner child or just that part of you, uh, when it felt nervous, scared, worried, anxious, etc., cetera, you did nothing. If anything, you were actually probably more of the cause or feeding the problem than you were the parent to kind of help resolve the problem so a mantra is something that is really really critical because it's going to build trust within yourself uh that way you know eventually when you do get to the point you start really doing this stuff constantly you're building trust within yourself and those mantras work and right away you'll start to feel soothed Calm down relaxed and again, it's not just one thing. It's not just okay We're just gonna put our hand on our heart. and We're just gonna say some mantras, but it it starts with the basics and I think the heavier you go into a stressful situation or an anxiety or a fear that you have been Feeding remember what I said and if the healthiest people are the ones that can know that they are right at the tip of that rabbit hole If you don't know and you you go down deep in the rabbit hole, hand on the heart, the mantras, yeah, they're gonna work, but you're gonna need more. You know, it's not just gonna be okay. Give me, give me a spoon and help me. You know, dig myself out of here. You're gonna need a shovel. You're gonna need a ladder. You're gonna need other things to get yourself out of that dark hole. So, this is why these little basic things are essential because if you start working on, you know, cleaning up the little bit of crumbs, the mess that you make throughout the day, the little bits. And doing these things, then it will never add up to be you going down that dark hole and it being this big, humongous, you know, catastrophic thing that you're now experiencing where you're knee deep in a panic attack. So, this is essential. So, a mantra is um, something that obviously you say repeatedly, Uh, it can be a word, it can be a short sentence. The purpose of the mantra is so you can begin to feel what you are saying or thinking versus letting your thoughts run wild. So the point of the mantra is not to just like quickly say something over and over and over again. We, want, we don't wanna do that. We wanna say it in a way that has conviction. We want the feeling behind the phrase or the word to come forward because it's that feeling of this phrase that's going to actually calm yourself down. So there's a difference between me saying, everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be okay, Versus everything is going to be okay. You got this. So that's very different than everything's gonna be okay. You got this. So learn how to speak to yourself with conviction. You know, pretend like you care about yourself at the end of the day. Or if you can't do that, pretend like you're talking to someone that you really, really love and that they're experiencing what you're actually experiencing inside your own mind. So when, you know, when we have no control over our thoughts, we can create these stressful, worry anxiety you know even panic to happen into our lives so it is not until you begin to practice or the really the practice of staying present where you start to examine oh look at me go i'm about to walk over to that rabbit hole and just start feeding it so then i can fall down in with self-development there's a huge amount of responsibility that you have to take for the fact that you create your own suffering I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to hear me say that, but that is the reality. You are creating your suffering. Now, you feel a certain way because of something. Something didn't work out. Someone disappointed you. Someone said something to hurt you. Whatever the situation was. It's a, it was a rainy day, and it was supposed to be a sunny day, and you know, Mother Nature just poo-pooed on your parade. Those are just contributing factors for why you feel a certain way, but at the end of the day, you feeling it is your responsibility. So if that is the case, which it is, that's the reality of life, then that means I am creating my own pain. I'm creating my own happiness and I'm creating my own pain. So by being present and practicing staying more present throughout the day, or just curious, and I always tell people do check-ins. You should be checking in with yourself constantly throughout the day. How do I feel right now? how's it going right now, Steph? You doing good? What's bothering you? Are you cool? Just like I would to a child that I was babysitting or that I was with for the day. How you doing? You good? You hungry? You tired? How do you feel right now? You're starting to get worried because you're in a crowded a crowded store? All right, relax. We're leaving soon. Just come near me. Everything's cool. So it, it's my responsibility to be the adult. So you have to learn how to separate between the mind that's just chattering away that essentially is your ego and you know your inner child versus really connecting and being the adult If any point in time you were with two or three kids, you know, and they can't take care of themselves, you as the adult would take over. Just like if you saw a kid standing in the store by themselves crying, you would go over to the kid and take over. Like, okay, let's go find your mom. Let's go find your dad. Let's figure out what's going on. You would take charge. So this is about taking charge in your own life and realizing that you have the power to be happy, to be content to be at peace, but it's a practice that you have to do because it's not something that you've always done for yourself, so this is new territory here. So let's get back into the mantra. So if you suffer from anxiety or social anxiety, like I said in the beginning, something um that really can throw you off your game that you really don't have that much control over because maybe you're you are highly sensitive then saying these phrases i am safe i am okay they're a great way to calm yourself down um, through anything that you're doing I, I highly highly recommend doing that so you want to be able to tap into really that adult logical side of yourself to see that you are not really in danger you know the thing with anxiety and panic is you start to feel like shit (laughs) stuff's going down and i need to get out of here and so your body immediately goes into fight or flight and you have to be able to kind of like jolt or cut through that anxiety disorder that thick line which is the anxiety disorder that you know was either planted in you or Perhaps you even got it through DNA, you know, if dad's anxious, mom's anxious, chances are you're going to be anxious. So you have to learn how to cut through that cord in order to stop something in its tracks so you can do something different. Now you can't stop yourself from initially feeling what you're feeling because it might just be part of how you're designed, but you can learn how to cope with what naturally is, you know, how you perceive life and how you can be in certain environments or situations so you know realizing okay here i go i'm doing what either i've always done which is part of my programming or i'm doing what my body just does in these situations you know what my mind just does i have no control that it initially does it but i do have control the minute i'm aware that it's doing it and then i can stop now the danger that you're feeling is perceived danger. And being logical will allow you to see that. You'll see that like, whoa, whoa, nothing's going on. Because we all know when we're experiencing anything, anxiety, worry, fear, stress, etc. unless that's going on in the moment you're experiencing, then you handle business. Then it's valid the fear the worry and all that kind of stuff but if it's not and it's perceived meaning it's either it's it's something that i'm fearing will happen then that's not real and we have to be more logical in our minds to recognize like that's not real because that's not actually happening right now could it happen maybe but it's not happening right now one of the saying or phrases that I use constantly, and I definitely use it on my son all the time, um, and I have to tell myself it from time to time as well, is worry when there's something to worry about. There's nothing to worry about right now, so don't worry. And that's that's a practice, but and here's the thing. I'm able to say that to myself, and I believe myself when I say it because I have built that foundation of trust that when she goes knee deep in some anxiety or worry and she goes into the rabbit hole i'm right there with her i see what just happened i apologize for just obviously ignoring something that made her just go down that hole and i 100% i'm going to help her get out of that hole so i take responsibility i take charge of the situation i have now learned how to disengage between my adult self and my child's my child self. So there's another really, really huge thing is something that will help you when you are soothing yourself. And I tell people this all the time. Now, depending on the situation that you're in, if you're trying to, if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a breakup, if you're worried about something, I always say journal. And I'm not a big journaler, but I like this activity because it allows you to get out of the mind for a second and stop feeding something. Because if you're in it, you can't help yourself with it. That's just the way it goes. If you're in this experience with your best friend, you are not going to have real good sound advice for her. So in order to get everything out, the worry, the fear, the stress, the anxiety, unless it's a you know an actual situation you're in, like, okay, look, I'm getting overwhelmed because I'm about to go toe-to-toe with my ex-wife, and she's very overwhelming. Um, you know, she has narcissistic tendencies, she has a big personality, and I'm getting kind of like anxious and nervous. In those moments, you recognize, okay, I'm feeling this way, and like, whoa, whoa, let's take a step back, let's breathe. You, you, you now become your adult self, and you take more control of the situation. Hey, look, I'm here. We're good. You're okay, I'm telling you. You're okay, you're okay. Saying that all the time to your inner child 100% helps. Write it down and remember it. But being able to detach a little bit from that child to calm her down or him down is really crucial. Now, if you've fed something for too long and now it's become something that's really big, it's going to be hard for you to kind of detach. So the only way to really detach is to, I always say, jot some things down. So you wanna journal. Your journaling is basically you as the child. It's you as the worried part of you. And you need to let everything out, the frustration, the hurt, the the resentment, the anger, the sadness, the fear, everything, let it all out. And I want you to write it all out. You can use voice memo on your phone. You can video record yourself on your phone. You can just journal it with a pen and paper, whatever you need to do. And then you need to walk away from that situation and go do something else. Then i want you to come back and i want you to handle this child you have a client you're now a life coach go what do you do how do you handle this situation in that moment you cannot be attached to that story that story is not you anymore that story was you half an hour ago 20 minutes ago that story was coming from another part of you so it actually isn't you it's you in the past how do you handle this so these are just like a couple of different techniques that i like to use that I teach and coach my clients how to use. Another really big thing is definitely foods. I think if you have a, a sensitive nervous system, meaning you're highly sensitive or you're an empath, then what you eat and what you put into your body is is really going to affect um, how quickly you can calm your nervous system down. And that's really what we're talking about right now is obviously soothing yourself emotionally and mentally, but obviously soothing your body as well because your body is going to react to stress, fear, worry, etc. You're going to feel the sensations. And so learning how to calm yourself down in all situations is really crucial. So learn about foods. I always recommend taking magnesium because it has shown to really help stabilize your mood by um, reducing you know, a lot of your levels and helping you to maintain um, a good production of hor- the hormones that You know, promote things like a calm nervous system, good sleep. And a, literally, even if you're a really, really good eater, most foods aren't high in magnesium. So it's probably one of the top, I'd say, one or two, maybe even three things that every American or everyone around the world um, really is deficient in. Because, like I said, not a lot of foods are high in magnesium. And the foods that aren't high in magnesium, you're not going to eat them every single day. So you're never going to, or you're probably not getting enough magnesium into your system. Now, be careful when you do take magnesium because it will also help you to go to the bathroom, just a side note. (laughs) So you don't want to take too much of it, but, you know, including things like almonds and spinach and cashews and peanuts and black beans and yogurt and tofu and bananas, um, dark chocolate, avocados, flaxseed, chai seed, you know, go through the list of uh, the foods that are high and try to incorporate them into your, you know, your diet. I, I really, really see a difference in the way I can handle life, how I can process things. When my eating is on point, I'm exercising, I'm meditating. And like I said, you should always have an arsenal of things that work for you. So even if I don't have a chance to meditate, I'm working out. When I'm not working out, I can do acupuncture, I can go for a run, I can go for a walk. So you should always have an arsenal of things that you're working on that are kind of like your emergency kit stuff. So aside from foods, you can obviously take magnesium as a supplement or powder. Just be careful with that. Like I said, this is the tidbit there. But you know, the most important thing when learning how to soothe yourself is you just want to know how you want to build that foundation of trust to be able to nourish yourself and to calm yourself down. And that's really what this is about. It's learning how to be your own best friend, learning how to take care of yourself on all levels. Hope you guys liked this, enjoyed it. Don't forget to comment and I'll see you next time.